hello, hello, and welcome back to that podcast crossover paradise that makes chocolate and peanut butter look like pineapple and pizza. That's right. It's the Christian Nerd and the and the Nerd of Godcast coming together for another episode of the Nerd, the Christian. What are we calling ourselves now? Uh, the Christian Nerd of Godcast <laughs> is kind of how. That's, that's, that's I, the I, Christian I, Nerd of I, Godcast. I, I'm like, Tony, you handle it. You, you fly this ship, and here we are, just 30 seconds <laughs> just, in. <laughs> Uh, I promise nothing in the, in this, the way of is quality. Is this what you feel like would happen if you let Steven run your show? Steven's run your show before. Uh, one time. He complains. Actually, our, our episode that comes out this week is uh, helmed again by Jackie Wilson, Jackie freaking Wilson. And Steven finally came out and said, why don't you ever let me host the show? And it's because the one time I did, you flew it into the ground. Jackie does a Steve good job. She does a good job. She's you know, we we have have a great and smart team. Anyway, let's not talk about them. They're no, not here. they're not here. They won't even listen yeah. to this. Haters. Let's talk. Let's enough about let's them. Talk let's about talk us. about us. This is not us. This is our opportunity. <laughs> That's right. I am Tony Talavera, the nerd of God. He is Scott Higa, the Christian nerd, and this is the Christian nerd of God. There we go. That's what we were looking for. That's all we're we're looking for. Uh, it's it's early in the morning for you. Uh, it is later in the morning for me on the East Coast. But I did just have some blueberry pancakes, which means I am drifting in and out of consciousness yeah, as we speak. I, I rolled out of bed about twenty minutes ago, shoved a piece of toast in my mouth, and made a cup of coffee because <laughs> I had about an hour and a half of my sleep interrupted last night by my wonderful son. <sighs> That's not the adjective you use to describe him. Well, no, I'm, I don't want him to have a permanent record of me calling him stupid. <laughs> and I'm sure he won't. Now, have again, you thought about I'll, that? I'll like this. when you die, like that Christian will be able to go back, like, and there'll just be like hours and hours of content of his dad talking to him from beyond the grave. We've had this conversation regarding, I think, you and, and Clara when she was much younger. Yeah. And uh, and I'll say the same thing to to uh, regarding JoJo or Christian as I did then. Uh, I have absolutely no illusions that our, our children will have any interest in going That's back true. and listening that, to anything we won't. ever said. Maybe it's like you maybe know, it's uh, tragic. Like, what if I die of the Rona tomorrow? Then maybe they'll go back and listen to all 250 episodes. If you, um, I need you to go ahead and give me your your Patreon login. If you die of the Rona, we're gonna take all of your patrons. You already have like half of them. So. <laughs> <laughs> we just want the ones that buy you hot toys. That's that's really okay. That's all we're interested in. No, man. And it's a, it's a shame. Like, do you do you record? Like, do you keep audio copies of your sermons that you've delivered? Uh, they're available all on our like website, but I don't have them. No, you don't like catalog them no. and keep them in some kind of like no. three ring binder or something yeah, like no. that. I remember one time there was a, a pastor, and it, it, it'll kind of date the the situation when it happened. There was a pastor who retired, and he had, I mean, a trove. It was he was at the church for like eighteen years, and uh, Sunday morning, Sunday night, audio cassettes of every sermon. Yeah. And I'm just like, well, we can kind of, you know, we don't need to keep these, do we? They're on audio cassette and. Uh, I was told, yeah, we, we should really keep those if someone needs to go back. And I'm like, no one is ever going to want to go back and listen to the Sunday night service from, you know, June 1987. It's just never going to happen. But, you know, in somebody's mind, that's that's just gold. That's a they, hoarder mentality right there. He just could have let some stuff go. Right, right. You're not I burning the Bible. Ever... You're just getting rid of some cassette tapes. 
Once, once I, once I say something, I just hope that it goes into the phantom zone and no one ever hears it again. Yeah, that, that, yeah. As, as, as people who regularly speak into a microphone, that is a great feeling to have. Right. But it's the, uh, the, the day of digital information, which means it's somewhere out there. Every time I've scratched my nose, it's gone on some data disk somewhere that Google can access. I don't know. Oh, Google. Oh, Google, everything that you say and everything that you do is recorded forever and ever, and you'll never escape from it. So don't say or do anything stupid, you guys. I try my best. So what's going on with you? What's up with you, Scotty? What's going on in your world? What what, what stupid things are you saying and doing these days? Oh, I say say stupid things all the time, Uh, generally with a microphone in front of my face. Uh, No, like I think on, on my show on Friday, I talked about how last week sort of calmed down. It was... Sort of, I mean, we were commiserating the week before of sort of how life had gone for us for that week and just sort of the up and down nature of this whole quarantine lifestyle and producing church and making sure things happen. So that's always, excuse me, been a struggle, but last week was good. This weekend was nice. Um, yeah, so I'm actually, I think I got two days off in a row, which hasn't happened for a long time, like ever. While working at the church. So, yeah. So, I'm, I'm actually doing pretty well today. My sister was super concerned about me. She kept, like, checking in and making sure that I was telling people no if they asked me for something. So, she she was she was extra concerned. And she said it's mostly because one of, only one of us can be teetering off of the edge at one time. And she says, usually that's me. So, it can't be you. <laughs> one of us has to be stable. One of us has to be stable. So, so yeah. I, I'm, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, you know, it's been a, it's been a crazy week and a series of crazy weeks. I mean, I feel like you don't even have any any merit for saying it's a crazy week anymore. It's just kind of like, well, yeah, God is good yeah. and the weeks are crazy. Yeah, God is good and but... we made it to another whatever day today is, which is also <laughs> the hard part. Wibbly wobbly. I don't. Even, I really don't know. Like, I had to think about. It. Okay, it's Saturday. Yeah, tomorrow's church. Uh, I've got a little side note here, sort of an editorial comment of something that's happening in real time, which is completely unprofessional. You'd think I'd never been on or hosted a podcast before, but there is a flame war that's happening on uh, social media, and someone is kind of, uh, they said something that was stupid and boneheaded, and I kind of lightly called them out on it. I I don't think I was rude about it, but now they're shooting back in a rude way. And uh, it, it, you know that it's serious because Lee Smotty from the Nerd of Godcast has uh, actually just screenshot it, and and now she's put it on our group chat. Oh wow! So everybody's wanting to know who is this guy? What is this guy's problem? And uh, this whole conversation is kind of buzzing uh, off to my left. So I'm going to try to ignore my cell phone, but uh, and I'll let Lee Smotty fight my battle. She's way more capable of doing that than I am. Uh, so that's how my week is going. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, so Mother's Day, I guess that would have just happened. I guess we won't talk about that. I'm sorry. I tried. I tried going to Target to get my wife something for Mother's Day, and mm-hmm. uh, you would not know that there was a quarantine happening at Target because it was packed. There wasn't any parking, and all the lines were going to the back of the store. So yeah. I did not acquire my wife anything for Mother's Day. I told her that I went, and she's like, I went to That's Target fine. to get a Mother's Day card for my mom. And uh, I, one thing that I found out was all of the Mother's Day cards are gone. Like, they were wiped out. Hmm. Which was, uh, I don't know, maybe people are sending cards more than they 
typically would have through the mail or something. I, I don't know. I've never seen it in such a situation like that. But uh, yeah, what's going on in California? Are they kind of relaxing the wander about? We've made rules? it into phase two of our state's plan, which is I think starting on Friday, most retail locations were able to open up as long as they had uh, curbside pickup. So that's kind of a mm-hmm. big thing. And even our counties. Uh, recommendations have like even the county said that face masks are no longer required but they're um, still suggested and so a lot of the stuff between the the kind of state levels and the county level is kind of in flux but you know we're moving towards some sort of normalcy but I'm all for you know sheltering in place and being safe. And- That's what I and I, I I feel like now I'm kind of going. Well, wait, wait, wait a second, fellas, slow down a little yeah. bit. Hold on, let's let's do this. The well, right let's not way. do a Georgia thing and just throw it all open and have a parade down the middle of you know Peachtree Lane. Like, yeah, yeah let's, for real. Let's keep it. You know, I mean, the biggest yeah, thing out so- here was that the governor closed the beaches. And everyone who could afford to live near a beach was very upset by that. I'm like, yeah, we'll just stay home and stop feeling so privileged. <laughs> it's kind of how I felt. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Well, you know, you got to do the right thing. But now I'm sitting here going, well, yeah, but if I have to go back out and do all the other things, we've saved a lot of money on not going out to restaurants. Am I going to be able to maintain that level of discipline when I don't have to? You know, we've enjoyed a lot of evenings at home when we could have just been out wasting our time See, gallivanting that's the thing like we, we have young kids so we don't we like didn't go anywhere or do anything anyway so we've probably spent more money on food just because we you know we, we talked about it just that little hoarding mentality like ooh, i gotta have as much of this as i possibly can so 17 family-sized cans of beefaroni get yeah. in my belly and now and now there says there's going to be a meat shortage now i want to hoard meat as much as i can let it go, Tony. You watch you you watch Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, na- yeah. <laughs> Name of Amy's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All righty. Well, while we uh, while we're still getting at least a little bit of time sheltering in place, there's a couple things that are going to be coming out. I guess we could talk about uh, taking a look at something that just snuck up on my radar. I'd never even heard of this thing until just uh, uh, yesterday. And that's a new Marvel animated series coming to Disney Plus, The Fury Files. Yes, I've never heard world? of this at all. Yeah, so I only it's, heard it's, of it di- when you sent me uh, an email saying, "Hey, let's talk about this thing." <laughs> well, I was really hoping that you would be more prepared. I watched a there's a three minute clip on, on YouTube, and it just seems to be. Um, Nick Fury kind of going through the backgrounds, the history, the uh, secret origins, etc., of a bunch of different Marvel characters. And they have are they some are they shorts? Were, I don't know. The video I watched was only three minutes long, but uh, I don't know if that's. It didn't seem like that was a full episode. I really have no idea. Hmm. Here's the official it's synopsis: a- Fury file drops on Disney Plus on Friday, May fifteenth. So soon, and you shouldn't be surprised that Nick Fury has files on every single Marvel superhero. Fury Files gives viewers top secret access to Shield intel on key Marvel heroes and villains. All of this is told by none other than the mysterious Fury bringing together a mix of animation and motion comic art, looking to download a bunch of information about every single hero, Fury's got you covered. And I'm looking on YouTube, and it seems like they have a whole bunch of these things posted already, and I don't know if it's the the short versions. They're from 2018. So they have a Black Panther, the leader, She-Hulk, Doc Ock, Red Hulk, Scar, A-Bomb, the Sinister Six. 
I, don't, I, I would hope that they're not just recycling some old stuff, but it seems that this is just kind of... Yeah. The, the reserves. That makes sense. Give people something to watch. Yeah. If you, we'll if you premiere something new. during uh, coronavirus, it's going to be a hit. That's right. <laughs> thanks, thanks so much, Trolls World Tour. Jeez, that thing has made a bunch of money. Right? And have you heard about the crazy fallout of this thing that now AMC is not going to show any Universal yeah, movies AMC, anymore? I'm like, yeah, good call, AMC. You're not even going to be in business when this thing's all over. Yeah, exactly. Tell tell Circuit City and Blockbuster we said <laughs> hello. Yeah, my goodness. Uh, again, not necessarily a nerdy thing. Uh, for you, Soup Plantation. For us, Sweet Tomatoes closing its doors. Are you familiar with this wonderful establishment? Yes, and uh, I... Let me read you the exact text message I sent to some friends the other day about Soup Plantation closing. Uh, I wrote on Friday afternoon, I'm sad people have lost their jobs, but good riddance. You don't like the soup? Nah, you don't like the I salad? don't like Soup Plantation. It's just, yeah, it's just not great food that you, it's kind of overpriced and then you eat too much of it and you don't feel very good on the inside. See, I don't know if Sue Plantation is somehow inherently different than Sweet Tomatoes, the non-California version of it, but I was a fan. Yeah. I, I liked going in and getting my, my chicken uh, salad, uh, the, the salad with the chicken and the noodles and stuff on it, and I liked getting the soups and the macaroni and cheese and eat a little ice cream at the end, some fruit. It's It was just a great little buffet meal. Yeah. Now, I don't know that I'll ever be able to trust a buffet again in a post-COVID reality. I, well, I saw but, there the, a Japanese news station made a... A video of kind of how germs spread at a in a buffet setting like a cruise buffet and so yeah. they put like the the black light paint on one person's hand and right. just started and it, like and let it go for 30 minutes they turned it on every single person had some on there somewhere and like three people had it on their faces <laughs> so i'm sure yeah yeah it's just a cesspool but you know it's it's quantity over quality sir <laughs> uh, we were is. gonna do one in vegas we were totally gonna go to a buffet and just engorge ourselves that's what you do in vegas and if you know if you come out with a little cooties from a buffet in vegas you're doing better than 90 of the other 90 percent of the other visitors <laughs> that if are all there. you have are some sometimes, food cooties from your vegas trip you are successful <laughs> that's what i'm saying sometimes what happens in vegas does not in fact stay in in vegas uh but speaking of disney plus a uh, return of a beloved character coming to Disney Plus this fall. You want to tell us a little bit about that, Scott? Yeah, it. I think uh, Hollywood Reporter dropped the bombshell that Boba Fett would be making his return from the, the Boba Fett, making his return not in the expanded universe, not in the Legends universe, not in somebody's fan fiction where Boba Fett and Cy <laughs> Snoodles have a love child. In the Wait, action, whoa, what? what? In the, uh, you know, just, just throwing what, names out there. You're, you're on the deep web now, sir. <laughs> uh, Boba Fett's returning to canon. He will be making an appearance in The Mandalorian. And Tamora Morrison, yeah. the same actor who played Jango Fett and the clones in, Attack, in, in uh, Revenge of the Clones. All clone, the Revenge of the Sith. He, he didn't do the voice. I, I checked to see if he did the voices for the Clone Wars. He did not. Uh, okay. But he will be back playing Boba Fett. I read that it's a very brief, kind of really small role, sort of raising question: Is he the one who showed up to Mulan at the end of that one episode? <laughs> the Calvary. Yeah. Ming-Na Wen. She's awesome. So, yeah. So, so I know a lot of people were not happy about this. A lot of people were, well, he's just it's been the way. I don't know. Like, you know, Star Wars fans, we're the worst. 
Yeah, it's kind of like, and spoilers ensue here if you haven't seen the Solo movie. It, it, maybe it's just kind of one of those like, uh, oh, here's here's uh, Darth Maul. Mm-hmm. Just like a real quick flash of, you thought he was dead, but no one's ever really gone. Because it's Star Wars, which is apparently now DC Comics. Well, he was in... Darth Maul was in, at least he was in Clone Wars. So no, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But I even it's but but nobody of the general yeah. movie going. At least canon wise, he was like like canon wise, Boba Fett's been dead. Like he's never been brought back to life in anything until this point right now. Sure, 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 sure. But it's again, it's another one of those. Hey, maybe we'll use this. Maybe we won't. This could be a spinoff. We're now we're setting up the potential of a Boba Fett movie or maybe season three. I mean, it's kind of like Disney is bringing their assets back to the front of just like, oh yeah, we can still use him because he's still alive. We're gonna make him alive. So yeah, I mean, the first season was great. I one of the things I, I've enjoyed. I don't know if you watched it yet. It was the first episode of the Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian. No, where they I had the a chance to. They had the roundtable with all the directors and John Favreau. And just kind of hearing John Favreau's passion, especially Dave Filoni, who's also an executive producer. I mean, mm-hmm. like they under, Dave Filoni clearly understands Star Wars and has basically kind of been dubbed the successor to George Lucas. <laughs> in, in all the good ways, not in all the bad ways. Okay. Uh, and so, yeah, so, I mean, they're really passionate about... He's like the about, Brandon Braga yeah, of the Star yeah. Wars universe. They're really passionate about this show and, 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 and making it good. So, so you know, if they think that Boba Fett will fit in, it'll be interesting to see how, how much he's in it versus how much Ahsoka Tano's in it. So, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm curious to see. I think that they'll do it right, but Boba Fett is just such a fan favorite. For for me, uh, I mean, I'm a Jeremy Bullock Boba Fett guy because I'm a original trilogy Boba Fett guy. So to see him as clone Boba Fett, I mean, I realize that's what they have to do yeah. now because that's how the story goes. But I'm a little like, uh, oh, oh, okay, well, anything that we can do to continue to validate the prequels, I'm like eye rollingly cringy about, but. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. And Boba Fett's just super cool. And uh, he's not technically a Mandalorian, so I wonder how they'll address that. Will there be some kind of uh, umbrage taken between Mando and, and Boba? Mando. I don't know. Yeah, so we'll see. Looking forward to seeing that. Uh, and, and Mandalorian Season 2 comes out this fall, right? Hopefully. Hopefully. Who knows? Yeah. Who, who knows? Who knows? I'm hoping that we get to come out before the fall. <laughs> Might still be sitting here with that same can of beefaroni. Uh, another thing that's coming out, and we're talking about on, on Nerd of Godcast this week, we're talking about reboots. Jackie led us in a conversation uh, about all these different movies that have been rebooted, re- relaunched uh, as a franchise. And this is one that I just heard about, is that Disney's set to relaunch and reboot the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Do you like the Pirates of the Caribbean movies? I like the Pirates of the Caribbean movie. And then the sequels came out, and I was kind of indifferent about them. Really? I like number two a lot. I love Dead Man's Chest. That's the one I, I like the least. Really? It's probably my favorite. I love that movie. I don't know why. why. I, I don't know. You yeah, don't know why. I, I feel like th- 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 a bunch of people sat down and said, let's just storyboard some crazy, ridiculous, over-the-top scenes, yeah. and then we'll just shoot them yeah. and put them together yeah. and make a movie yeah. out of it. Well, what about a story? We don't need a story. We, Johnny we just Depp. need a couple people sword fighting on a giant spinning wheel or a kraken or... Uh, okay, that's stupid. It was a stupid movie. Did somebody just drop a bunch of dishes at your house? <laughs> Did you hear that? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, my wife, uh, something just happened loudly. I feel like I should check on her, but she'll be all right. Yeah, no. I, I really like the second one. The third one's fine. I saw what at World's End... What No, At World's End was a third one. 
I saw the Third fourth one. one. And then I saw the Dead, fourth one. Dead Men Tell No Tales. I didn't see. I saw the oh, fourth no, on one Strange, on Stranger Tides. Was on the Stranger Tides, one. I saw that had mermaids. Mermaids, and then in it, yeah. The fifth one Blackbeard. I did not see with. I didn't see the fifth one either. Javier Bardem. Yeah, I did not. I didn't see that one either. So I guess that's how I feel about the Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Is that I when I, when I actually saw the fifth Transformers movie and I did not see the fifth Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Well, um, that does the fourth that, one. That does <laughs> yeah, say a lot. Exactly. In the fourth Pirates movie, I, I liked it. I didn't really have any complaints about it, but I did catch myself kind of going, all right, is this over yet? Like, kind of like, yeah. all right, wrap it up. Yeah. You know? I, like, I saw it, visit, and I but... just forgot about it. I have no yeah. idea. Yeah. I did. So I, I I did look up this rumor that it's going to be rebooted, and they potentially want to do it with a female lead in the role. Yeah, and I yeah, because s- that worked for Ghostbusters. And I saw, well, but they want to get Karen Gillan to do it. Amy Pond. Shut your mouth. Yeah. Shut your beautiful mouth. Yeah. Nebula. Yeah. So I would be on board okay. with that because I like Karen Gillan and I like Amy Pond and Nebula's fine. Yeah. And I haven't seen the Jumanji movies. But the, you know, <laughs> these are all, these are all, you know, take it with a grain of the smallest salt possible uh, that it might be based on the red character from the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. The, the ride itself. Yeah. yeah. We wants the redhead. Yeah. Interesting. I, yeah, I could get behind that big time. My yeah, my very, thought very cool. is, what's a character we could base this on? Oh, the red one. She's a lady. Oh, who's got red hair? Karen Gillan. There we go. There's our rumor. There we go. It was <laughs> now that uh, now that uh, that Blanche from the Golden Girls is dead. Who else do we even have? <laughs> uh, yeah. No, that's that would be a really interesting uh, vibe. And yeah, who else is there even from Pirates of the Caribbean? You got you know Captain Jack Sparrow. You got the redhead, and you got the I don't know the guy whose foot kind of dangles over the, the end of the bridge. There's um, I miss Disney World, Scotty. I miss Disney so much. I was I was going through, you know, Facebook popped up. So I'm, oh, a year ago, I'm like, oh, a year ago, I was at Disneyland with my daughter, meeting Captain Marvel, and I probably wouldn't have gone back to Disneyland because our friend who works there no longer works there, and it's costs a mortgage basically to take your family there. <laughs> uh, but I, I miss it for you. I, I hope that because we were planning on going out to visit you. And be out there yeah. in January. So I hope things are fixed by then so we can continue to do so. Hunky-dory and COVID-free. That's our goals. But, um, yeah, I'll go see the Pirates of the Caribbean movie if they put Karen Gillan. I think that's a good yeah. that's a good choice. I would, Yeah, I, I like her. She's, she's charismatic enough. I'm like, yeah. I, I mean, she's so great as Amy Pond. Yeah, and there's some people that are like that. You can put them kind of in any movie, and it, it makes it a little bit more watchable. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, Chris Pratt is like that, too. Like it doesn't really matter what it is. If it's got Chris Pratt in it, there's some level of okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna lend it some credibility because he's in it. Because he's just so likable and charismatic. I'm like, yeah, I'll just watch exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. I, I feel and, that and, I, and I feel that way about Anna Kendrick for some reason. I am like I'm like I'm cap- like like I don't know if I like her as a person. I haven't even seen that many things with her in it. But the things I've seen with her in it, I'm like Anna Kendrick is very captivating. I just want to watch her do stuff on the screen. I'm forced to agree with you. There's just something very charming about it. I Anna watched Kendrick. Noel and it wasn't very good. I did too, and it was no, it wasn't, but it was enjoyable. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a great movie, but it was super enjoyable and totally fine. Yeah. And Anna Kendrick was just all nice and happy, and you're like, oh, this is great. Yeah, and there's some people that are the complete opposite of that. There's some people that <laughs> just like I see them like, uh, uh, uh. 
And uh, I guess that that brings us into our next yeah. conversation. We're going to talk about good and bad casting. In, in you know what, it, it's no fun to talk about good casting. So let's just focus on the negative. I, I had a hard time doing this, actually. Did you really? It, it also could have been because it was late at night. I had to write a wedding, and I'm trying to. I'm officiating wedding on Saturday, so I was finishing that up, and then I'm sitting there like. Okay, who do I hate? And then this is hard for me because I'm not super critical. <laughs> I'm not super. Yes, you are. Uh, not not about movies. I'm super critical about lots of other things, like my son okay. not sleeping. <laughs> but it, but as far as it goes with movies, I think there've only been three movies in my life that I didn't like when I saw them. So okay. Well, we're not going to talk about the movies per se. We're going to talk about bad casting no, that was in difficult. movies. But I managed to come in up a... with five. So so okay. so it was hard enough to come up with. The characters that were miscast. But then you also made me come up who I would put in there instead of that person, which was also difficult. Now, I just asked if you knew who you would cast in their place. You don't have to live or die by that one. Well, well, I came up with five people who shouldn't have had their roles. I'm taking money out of their (laughs) bank accounts and food (laughs) off their table and giving it to five other people. And now, uh, now for me, I had to create these parameters as we we explore this. Okay, who are five people that should that they were just miscast? They did not do justice to the part. They did not do justice to the role. I had to create kind of a boundary for myself that I was not going to put someone on there who could have been good if they were in a good movie. So I, I immediately had to say, okay, George Clooney, you're off the hook oh, for yeah. being miscast as Batman because I think George Clooney could have been a good Batman if he was in a good Batman movie. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'll even extend a little bit of grace to Amy Adams as Lois Lane, that she could have maybe been a decent Lois Lane if she was in a decent Superman movie. So I, I'm just going to take that off the table. These are just people that did no justice to the role at all. Uh, Scotty, give us your first one. Uh, my first one, you're not going to like this because I know for a fact you love this movie. I've did. I I've never bought into, <laughs> believed, or enjoyed Jeff Bridges oh, as Obadiah Stane. Really, I, I do love the movie. You don't? Are you telling me you don't love Iron Man? Uh, no, I like Iron Man, but I know I know Iron Man is your your number one of the bullet. You share the same name, and the first <laughs> Iron Man's great. It's I mean it kicked off the MCU, but I don't I don't know if it's in my top ten of MCU movies. And it's Jeff Bridges that that kind of I, yeah. I just don't I just I don't I don't like the care. I don't buy Jeff Bridges. He's just not sinister enough i think he's just he spent too much time being the dude in real life (laughs) that it's hard to imagine him as anything else than just you know like hey guys what's up let's smoke some weed woo and then even in tron legacy he's just the dude but in the computer but neon yeah so he's the neon dude. yeah so i so i had a hard time and and so yeah that's always i've never liked jeff bridges as obadiah stain uh and i put that maybe willem dafoe with his crazy eyes. Like I could have maybe seen that. Like he just, Jeff Bridges just seems too cuddly, even with a shaved head and a beard. Like I just wanted somebody a little more sinister. Okay. I mean, I'm not going to fight you on that one, but I liked him. I thought he did a really good job. I like Jeff Bridges, but you know, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't float your proverbial boat. So be it. Willem Dafoe is good in anything. He's just crazy all the time. I just recently watched life aquatic with Steve Zissou. He is, he's unbelievable in that movie. 
he that's one of my favorite movies. I love Wes Anderson so 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 much, and uh, and I, I was making a list of movies that I just thought were treasures, and that was that was on my, one of the top movies yeah. that I thought, man, this is just one of my favorite, and I can't really explain why I love it so much. I think it's just I love the color palettes that Wes Anderson uses. Wes Anderson in his is movies. a phenomenal director. He's got a new movie coming out this summer, which I'm very excited. Really about yeah, really? it's like dispatches from the something something. It's about a expatriate journalist living in Paris. I don't know. It, it looks, did I ever send you the trailer for Wes Anderson directs the X-Men? Yes. It's so it good. Is. It's so we'll accurate. get to the X-Men okay, at the right. end of my list. That That's where I'm saving all okay. my fire and vitriol for. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Uh, I'll just throw it out. The first one, Kate Bosworth as Lois Lane in Superman returns. Now you're gonna have to go way back in time to remember Superman Returns. It's the movie that no one likes to talk about anymore. But Kate Bosworth in a movie that had Brandon Routh, who was I thought a very serviceable replacement for Christopher Reeve. I mean, he's no Christopher Reeve, but if you gotta have a paper mache version of one, there he is. Kevin Spacey as a delightfully creepy Lex Luthor, and then Kate Bosworth for some reason, not strong. Not direct, not a a tough reporter, just a delicate porcelain paper doll of Lois Lane, who should have been a very uh, strong and and respectable character who is, in her own way, kind of equal to Superman uh, in intellect and drive and stubbornness and whatever. And she just made her this docile and forgettable character who... It could have been a very strong performance. Amy Adams could have killed it, but maybe uh, the Kate producers saw a- Blue Crush and they're like, "This, this is the woman that we need to be Lois Lane." Yeah, a 22-year-old playing Lois Lane who ha- had a five-year-old son with uh, <clears throat> either Cyclops or Superman, depending on. That's right. Uh, James Marsden got killed in X Men Three. Spoilers, because he wanted to go be in Superman. He wanted to leave and follow Brian Singer to another superhero franchise, which Brian Singer killed. So, Ugh. Uh, yeah, Kate Bosworth as Lois Lane. Right. I've uh, and and this I I enjoy this actress. I like her in this role. I enjoy this character, but I don't think she's a good fit for the comic. And that's the problem too. We read all the comics, so we think, oh, that's not what the person's like in the comics. But oh yeah, uh, I think Kobe Smolders has been miscast as Maria Hill. I really like Kobe Smolders. I think she's great as Maria Hill, but Maria Hill's got a lot more fire in her. Like, again, Kobe Smolders just seems kind of nice and happy, and Maria Hill's kind of, like, Maria Hill goes toe-to-toe with Cap. Like, she arrests Captain America. She's tough. Yeah. Yeah, she's it, tough. She's no-nonsense. She's not just Fury's lackey. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, that's the, how... The, the that's, MCU version of Maria Hill is kind of like yeah. Nick Fury's secretary. Yeah, and that's how they wrote her. So that's not Kobe Smolder's fault. But, like, I and, and this is where I had a hard time casting. So I picked 1999, 1991's version of Michelle Forbes. So picture Ensign Rowe as Maria Hill. That's, that's, that's fair. Yeah, that's, that's what I went. That's what I went with. Yeah, super tough. That's not a bad. That's not a bad cast. All right. Yeah. And again, these aren't things that I wouldn't necessarily complained about, but I can see your your uh, your your logic there. Uh, again, I feel like I'm taking the low hanging fruit, especially here at the beginning. Uh, none of these to me seem ridiculously surprising. They're all fairly obvious. Topher Grace oh, as yeah. Venom. Why? Because Eddie Brock's just a spindly little nerd. Oh, wait, that's I'm right. Okay. He's a muscle bound. I'm okay with the vision 
for having an Eddie Brock that's more like a negative version of Peter Parker. The spindly little, like the size, I didn't need some giant hulking Eddie Brock. That's okay. That's that's comic booky. And you got to remember, I mean, nobody's going to be in real life like Todd McFarlane drew this guy, you know, in the comics, at least in a believable way. So I'm okay with Eddie Brock being basically Peter Parker, but the antithesis of that, kind of the dark Peter Parker. Uh, but man, Topher Grace just didn't know how to do that role. He was slimy and unlikable, but and he was unconvincing even when he played the part. I don't know if it's his fault. I don't know if it's the movie's fault, but I know that Sam Raimi had gotten good performances out of people, so either somebody had just checked out. Topher Grace just seems like he was a miscast. I think that um, literally anybody else could have played that part. <laughs> Literally anybody else could have played Venom better than Topher Grace did. Just my thought. Good thought. Uh, my next, I, uh, I, uh, I don't think Benedict Cumberbatch was a great con in Star Trek. I thought you were going to say Doctor Strange, oh. and I was going to end oh, this. Oh yeah, call no, right no, now. no. Yeah, he's a great Doctor. He's perfect as Doctor Strange. But I don't think he was a great con. I don't think like the whole promotion that his name was John random white guy last name like you know like like he fit for a john random white guy last name but for con and just like because bennett congrats amazing like you mean con the indian genetically altered indian warlord Uh, who was played by a hispanic man yeah so so that so there's part that there's that part of it um but just i don't know like because you look at con like you look at space seed and and there like there was like there was an attraction, there was a charisma to Khan. Like Benedict Cumberbatch just sort of played him as a sort of ferocious beast, like trying to save his people. Yeah. Whereas Ricardo Montalban had a little of the the fantasy island and like just inviting and welcoming and just there was a suaveness, like masking the sinister nature uh, of Khan. One hundred percent, which is why Kirk trusted him to begin with. I, which is, I mean, Khan was. I know he was an, he was a con, commensurate con man. Yeah, p- play on words not intended. Yeah, but I mean he could he would make you fall in love with him. I mean that was his whole deal is that he ended up. I mean he was making people just love him and trust him and believe in him. That's how someone like Khan wins the masses. Yeah. And so that does not happen yeah. with Benedict Cumberbatch. Benedict has none of that, yeah. uh, and the character as it was written probably didn't. So I said that you haven't watched Picard yet, but. Uh, one of the characters in there is Chris Rios. He's the captain of the ship that Picard gets. He's played by an actor named Santiago Cabrera. I think he's, uh, I think he's Argentinian or Venezuelan, and he's great. He's like once you watch Picard, he's aw- <clears throat> he's awesome. I love him as a character. He's a great actor, and he could pull off the suaveness and the sinisterness. So I would definitely say Santi- what's his name? Santiago Cabrera. Okay, gotcha. I'm just taking a quick look at him. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. yeah, he could do it. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah, he was uh, He was in Transformers last night. Oh, was he? Also. But we won't hold that against him. Hey, we all got to get paid. Uh, yeah. Um, all right. Uh, again, low-hanging fruit here. I don't feel like I'm saying anything that's ultimately shocking, but uh, Jesse Eisenberg was <gasps> a terrible choice for Lex Luthor. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. I, I was just me. being shocked because you said it wasn't going to be yeah. shocking. It's not, you know, and again, I get it. Look, you have a dynamic vision for this character. Uh, you got, you want to make yourself like a, a young Zuckerberg, Lex Luthor. Hurrah, hooray. I didn't see it. Just didn't see it. I didn't, I didn't buy his performance. And again, it might have been the way it was written, but ultimately that was just a bad cast. I, I would have walked into it and given instant credibility 
poor Jesse had to work uphill to get my to get my trust to earn my trust just because he didn't look the part yeah. as I expected it. And ultimately, he never won me over. But then there's even uh, like Gene Hackman wasn't a great Lex Luthor. You know, like do you think Gene Hackman's a great Lex Luthor? Yes, I do. Really, I really do. Be- and and there's little things about, and I don't think he was written the right way in, in as far as Lex Luthor the character. But you have to remember, back in the '70s, the original incarnation of Lex Luthor was not like the the evil billionaire oh, okay. corporate magnate. He was just sort of like the twisted scientist who oh, okay. fancied himself the smartest man in the world. So there was a, a different kind of a pre-crisis oh, okay. Lex Luthor vibe to him. But little things about the way that Gene Hackman played that part. One of my favorite moments in any superhero movie is the time when when Lex Luthor is shooting two nuclear missiles, one to California and one to Hackensack, New Jersey, and he challenges Superman. You can only stop one of them, you know, Superman, even if you could you could you couldn't stop them both. And uh Miss Tessmacher says, "Gee, uh, Lex, my mother lives in Hackensack." And he just looks at his watch and shakes his head no. And it's just this subtle little just amazing moment of just this man has no heart, no soul and I love him for it. Yeah, Lex Luthor was great. To me, Jesse Eisenberg, Jesse Eisenberg, great. Right. garbage, absolute trash. Uh, we've mentioned this movie already once before, but in Solo, uh, not <clears throat> Iger, whoever played Han, I thought he did a great job. Mm-hmm. Definitely yeah. not Donald Glover, who basically embodied, I mean, Donald Glover was basically doing a Billy D. Williams impersonation, which it had to be because like yeah. they should get they should get Donald Glover to do Colt forty five commercials now as Billy D Williams it would be <laughs> as Billy as D Billy Williams, D. Williams would be great uh, but I did not like Paul Bettany as Dryden Voss I know he wasn't in the movie a ton but again just I don't he just didn't seem a lot of mine a lot of mine are villains actually just they, he just doesn't seem sinister or menacing enough I don't know what it was if I'm like oh hey look it's Jarvis is a bad guy I don't know like what I couldn't. <laughs> Uh, connect and I like Paul Bettany. He's a great actor. He's in one of my favorite movies, A Knight's Tale. Um, but I just I love. How have we never talked about that? I love A Knight's Tale. Well, we did that. I I, I thought we might talk about that this week. We did that uh, five perfect to me movies. Our list that oh, yeah. we did online, and, and A Knight's Tale was on there for me. Um, but yeah, so I thought maybe, and and this is like this is just you know setting up somebody to succeed because he does it all the time. But just I thought Gary Oldman just could crush it as a sinister Dryden Voss. Just basically take him from the fifth <laughs> element, another movie on my perfect to me list and just put him, plug him, plug uh, Zorg from fifth element, fifth element into solo. And that'd be perfect. Yeah. Gary Oldman will just, I mean, you can replace any Gary Oldman would be a better Lex Luthor. Gary yeah. Oldman would have been a better venom. Gary Oldman would have been a better Lois Lane. Yeah. I mean, I mean, just, you know, <laughs> he's just, he's Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. I saw a meme one time that said, imagine one day you just hear the word cut and you realize you've been Gary Oldman this entire time. (laughs) He's that good of an actor. Uh, Anyway, all right. Again, no no surprises here. Uh, I'm going to have to nominate Johnny Depp for The Lone Ranger playing Tonto. Did you see Little no, Ranger? I did not. I had I had to be like, oh, was he the Lone Ranger? No, that's right. He no. was Army the Hammer. Native American. Yeah, Johnny Depp was Tonto, and he was just it was just it was a movie that could have been great, but it never knew which direction it was going. It was like dark and grim, and then at the same time it tried to be wacky and fun loving. And I don't know, they just it was they just let Johnny Depp be weird Johnny Depp, and it just didn't come across. Was that, I, that, that, that seems translate. like the entire pitch. Like let's yeah. get let's let Johnny Depp be weird, 
and we'll build a movie around that. Yeah, let's just let Johnny Depp go through wardrobe, find a costume, and then we'll just build a movie around that. And that's what happened. And the movie could have been great. I like Army Hammer. A lot of other things I've seen him in, he's been great. And he was awesome in The Man from Uncle. Um, he was uh, good in, what was it, Mission Impossible. I mean, he's just a cool, cool guy. But no, Johnny Depp didn't sell it for me as Tonto. Did you see John Carter? No. You haven't seen John Carter? No, it's on our list of movies to watch for our Not Another Quarantine movie. It is legitimately good. Yeah. Like, I, I would be surprised if you watch it and think, oh, yeah, that's totally fine and entertaining. Like, it got such a bad rap and bad marketing. I saw it in the theater. It, it was good. So I'd be yeah. interested. Let me know anything. Uh, all right. Yeah. Uh, I've saved all my, like, first of all, I'm like, whatever, Bennett Cumberbatch Beacon, who cares? <laughs> but I've saved all of my vitriol and anger for my last one. Uh, Let so, the beach off the least, sir. Sophie Turner was oh. grossly miscast as my favorite oh. superhero of all time. I just Jean threw Grey. up in my mouth because you're exactly right. I don't even want to say my fifth one. Cause you're so right on. It's that. just like, I don't know. It seems like they thought we need somebody who's young and relatively attractive and ha- and we've seen her with red hair. Oh, that girl from Game of Thrones. She could be Jean. Yeah, Grey. just insert Mugatu saying she's so hot right now. Like that's it. Yeah. Like she she's we every every superhero franchise needs a Game of Thrones person in it. Yeah. So And so just she she doesn't have any of Jean's compassion or likability. Likeability. Like ev- everyone likes Jean. All all the original X-Men, like they're either in love with her or just want to be her best friend. Wolverine hates everyone, is madly in love with Jean Grey. Everybody likes Jean Grey except for Emma Frost. And it's just like Sophie Turner, just I'm sure she's a nice person and a good actress, but just didn't have any of the intangible qualities that that Jean Grey does. Uh, which was a, which was a shame, and it was hard to pick somebody because I'm like, okay, well, you would need like you couldn't get Fomke Jansen. I thought Fomke Jansen was great as Jean Grey oh, yeah. in the original X Men trilogy. Well, the first two, then you know, let's not talk about X Men United. Uh, so I so I, like I basically I, I did an IMDb search of young actresses. I was like, who's out there? So just like scrolling through the list, and <laughs> Chloe Grace Moretz. That's in your search history now, yeah, by I the know. way. Sorry, uh, Chloe Grace Moretz popped up. I'm like, ah, she's young enough. She's a good enough actress, but just not likable. So I, I settled on Haley Steinfeld, even though hmm. I haven't seen anything she's been in. Uh, a lot of people liked Bumblebee, and I know she was in that. Yeah, I, she was great in Bumblebee. And she played the voice of Gwen Stacy in Spider-Verse. So mm. that was good enough for me. Uh, see, now I liked the way that they went with the original X-Men casting a an older yeah. group of X-Men as opposed to the teen uh-huh. X-Men. Going with the younger crowd makes it a more difficult cast, in, in my opinion. Yeah, it, it really does. Because, uh, so. you know, like in in. The, in you know, Fomke Jansen's in my favorite, ep- one of my favorite episodes of The Next Generation where she's the perfect mate. And like, so you bring that mm-hmm. in with you and like, oh, she's great. But yeah, just, I mean, you know, my my love for for Jean Grey and just casting Sophie Turner just sort of spits upon that love. Yeah. Yeah. And my my last one for number five is I just think that Brie Larson was miscast. <laughs> as, no, 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 I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. In the unicorn room, I really feel like somebody else should have played that part. No. <laughs> Uh, unicorn store, unicorn no. store. Is it unicorn store? Yeah. yeah either way. I'm, I, again, one of those things I immediately blocked out of my, my short term memory there. Uh, no, I, I put on there 
and this is a tie, and I hate to do this, but since it's from the same movie, I feel like I can roll it up into one miscast burrito, and that is Dane DeHaan and Jamie Foxx in The Amazing oh, Spider-Man yeah. 2 as Green Goblin and Electro. Terrible casting in that movie. For uh, Apparently, they spent all of their casting credibility in uh, in casting Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone. Man, they were so uh, perfect, then, those two. Like, those movies aren't yes. good, but their chemistry carries Wonderful. those movies. Just carries Absolutely. them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then they came along and they cast Dane DeHaan, who I'm sure is a wonderful actor. I'm sure he's great. I've never seen him in anything great. Have you seen Chronicle? No, I didn't see Chronicle. Oh, Chronicle's great. Chronicle's really good. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? It's got Dane DeHaan. It's got Michael B. Jordan. It's really good. Yeah? Yeah. It's basically the crossover between Amazing Spider-Man 2 and Fantastic Four. Yeah, but beforehand. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I have not seen it, but uh, Dane DeHaan did not do it for me. No. I just found him as skeezy and unlikable, kind of like uh, like the, it, if it was multiplicity. It, he was like five <laughs> copies away. It's like someone took Leonardo DiCaprio and copied him five <laughs> times, and then we just got like the least likable, least dependable version of him. And then Jamie Foxx's Electro. I like Jamie Foxx, and I believe in Jamie Foxx. I think he is one of the most versatile and talented performers of our generation. And he just got handed a crappy version of a cool character to play. So I don't know if it's the writing or if it's the acting, but I do think that he was miscast. It was an uphill climb for him. And uh, and I he looked like Dr. Manhattan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, which is okay. That was what Ultimate yeah. Electro basically looked like. I don't know. So, uh, but I'm going to, uh, I'll, I'll lump that whole thing in there with BJ Novak as uh, Alistair Smythe and, uh, and Pig Vomit as... Uh, as as uh, the rhino, just that whole the the whole casting of villains in that movie, uh, just did not do it for me. So, yeah, Amazing Spider-Man two, yeah. not very good, not very good. Now, I, now I will put I had a uh, we you talked about the list of like our five perfect movies. I did put on my list of movies uh, the Spider into the Spider Verse would have made it to a list of perfect movies if it wasn't for the casting of was it Leif Schreiber who was the 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 kingpin sounds like sounds about right yeah but he played him very street thuggy very like i'm gonna take you spider-man and i'm gonna he sounded more like the voice you would give to sandman or something like that he, did, <laughs> he just did not sound like the refined you know mogul uh, yeah. crime lord you know uh, so, vincent d'onofrio uh, vincent d'onofrio is what i'm looking for there so uh, that that again casting goes a long way in making us uh, a, a, have a good experience or a poor experience. And uh, I think that's that's an important thing to remember. Now, the, the question I follow up with is not just in movies, but in life, in the story that's being told in our lives. Why are we, you and I, the worst cast people for what God is calling us to? Why are we unqualified? Why are we a poor fit for the story that God is trying to tell? Because, like, I know me, right? Like, I... Yeah. Like, I know all of my faults and failures. I know all, like, you know, I'm I'm pretty open and honest about all the ways in which I'm broken. But it that just, like, scratches the surface for, like, how really, truly broken and messed up and all the mean things I think about people all the time. <laughs> you know? And so... <clears throat> so I think that... And, and I'm always uh, chastised by our, our youth pastors. I'm fairly self-deprecating uh as an individual and i don't know if that's a defense mechanism or whatever it is but it's just also like if i say i'm terrible you won't mean as much when you say i'm terrible. exactly uh so so yeah so i just i don't know like i think it it it, i feel 
I don't know. So like I've been in full-time ministry for almost 15 years. And it's just, sometimes I still feel like a fraud. Like hmm. at some point it's like going to be the emperor without his clothes on. It's like, Oh, that's right. This guy, like he's going to sit up here and tell me how to follow Jesus. And like, he's so bad at yeah, it. And, and I'm not. And that's the thing. Like, and so like, it's, it's, it's just kind of the, <clears throat> is it choosing to believe what, what voice am I choosing to believe? What truth am I choosing to believe about myself? Um, and I think those are the things that I get caught up in a lot of times. So feeling like I'm, I'm miscast when God says, Oh no, like you're, you're the person that I picked. Like you're the one I want for Mm -hmm. this role. Nobody else in the world could have the role that you have that I've given to you. Hmm. Yeah, it's good, man. It's true. And I think that that's one of the things that like when I try to think about in the frame of movies, um, I I try to think, okay, do you remember the, the movie, the incredible Hulk? Yes. The, the first MCU Hulk movie. And do you remember who was the Incredible Hulk in that movie? Yes, it was uh, Bruce. Oh, what was his name? Bruce. Bruce Banner. Bruce. But <laughs> I'm trying to think. What was the guy from the TV show? I'm totally blanking on his name. Uh, well, okay, so that was Bill Bixby. Bill Bixby. That's who it was. No, it was Edward Norton. It was Edward Norton. Ed Norton. Yeah, Ed Norton was uh, the the Hulk in that movie, but he didn't get to come back when they did Avengers. And there was a lot of circulating rumors about why that potentially was. And ultimately, the one that kind of pops up more is that he was just incredibly difficult to work yeah. with. Uh, he demanded a lot of script changes, kind of demanded that he was the one that called the shots, wouldn't let the directors do their job. Just he wanted too much to he wanted to get paid too much to be there. Like his time was somehow more valuable. And I feel like that's me. Mm. Like if I'm really thinking about it. I probably could pull this off, man, if I if it was a, a basis of intellect, a basis of charisma, a basis of just being able to kind of pull the strings and do the things, I could probably fake my way through it. But I think the reason why I'm just a bad cast for the story that God is telling is because so many times I'm like, no, 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 God, I, I think you need to frame the shot like this. Mm. No, 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 God, I think that my character would do this. No, 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 God, I think that I deserve more. For this, yeah. like I come into the, like some kind of diva, so demanding, <laughs> like somehow I know more than the one who is the author and yeah. the finisher of my faith, and I'm just going. I feel so convicted about mm. that. It's not necessarily ability, but it's just like, boy, I I would be a nightmare, and God probably knows every little bit of that, and yet He's infinitely patient, infinitely compassionate. And he still uses me. And that just blows my mind. It makes me feel so convicted and guilty all the time. Yeah. Like, please don't believe my hype. God doesn't believe Mm. my hype for even a second. But he calls us anyway. Why? Yeah. It's, it's, you know, like, we're probably at opposite. Like, our pendulums have swung to either end. Like, you're like, man, I'm so great and I'm so good. I'm like, man, I kind of suck. And, like, the reality is, like, (laughs) like, the reality is in the middle. and And that's where the truth is. And so we can either believe the great press about us or the negative thoughts we have about ourselves. But God's like saying, hey, just like believe, believe what's true about you. Believe, Tony, that you are amazing and you are wonderful, but you really, really need me or else this is going to go horribly wrong. You know, like those are all the right. things that like the, the truth isn't in those extremes. The truth is in something entirely that, that it's so much better than either yeah. the extremes that we can come up with. And I didn't mean to come across as saying I'm so great. Oh and yeah, I'm no, so no, good. no, no, no. I just mean I can fake it. I mean yeah. I can get through. I, I, but, but boy, if I try to do that on my own, it's not going to come out right. Yeah. Man. It's just, it's just not. It's like a little kid that you're trying to teach them how to do something that they've never done before, and they're like, no, 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 I'll just do it. Yeah. Or you're trying to put together IKEA furniture without reading the instructions really carefully first. And, and you're w- just going to end up. You also should have a, some Swedish pancakes and some Swedish meatballs before you do it. Like that's the appropriate Please way. Please do have it. Have a lingonberry juice at least. 
But if you don't, you know, you're going to end up with something that you're going to just have to end up taking apart or God help you taking it back to the store yeah. and, and starting over fresh and new. And that's what God does in us, man. He starts over fresh and new. So uh, let's let's continue this thought in, in a little bit of uh, Bible study. Bible study. In Bible study today, we're going to be taking a look at a great passage of scripture and we'll frame it in the context of sort of this being miscast and God's grace and usefulness in our lives and really putting ourselves exactly where we need to be on the uh, the spectrum of a healthy self-awareness. We're going to be looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 26 through 31. Uh, Scotty, do you want to read this sure. or would you like me to? I'll read it. Okay. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and, dis- and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. It's because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Amen. So how does this verse encourage you, Scotty? Oh, geez. Uh, That when I act foolish, I'm just living biblically. (laughs) (laughs) Amen and amen. Um, You know, I, I think that even with, so I think there's right. There's always that that piece of our minds where, even though we don't want to, we we compare ourselves to others. We're like, well, I'm not as smart, or you know, it's the the Stuart Smalley. I'm not, you know, like you're smart enough, you're good I'm enough, not good enough. I'm not yeah, smart enough. It's nobody it, likes, nobody me. likes yeah, me. It's, it's the exact opposite. Where you know, then God says, but hey, like it do, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where we start because God plucks us up and puts us right where we need to be. And, you know, I think that even in terms of like, you know, celebrity Christian culture and just thinking, oh, like, why aren't more like, especially as youth path, they're like, oh, why aren't there more kids at my youth group? Why aren't there more people at our church? Like, why does this church's stream service have more views than our church's stream service? Like all those things that, that you think about and worry about. Um, and then God says, Hey, like, I'm just choosing to use you to do the thing that I want you to do. So basically mm-hmm. like stay in your lane. Don't worry what anybody else is doing. Just do the thing that I've called you to do, and that's all you have to worry about. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's so important for people to realize because in, in church culture, and I don't think it's God's stigma that gets on us, but people have this unwritten rule of, like, you have to be like us or look like us or play the part when you come into church or when you come into uh, that that Christ environment, that community. And if you don't, <clears throat> somehow you're not good enough. Somehow you're disqualified. When the opposite is true, God is constantly looking for the least likely people to use and to to bring glory to Himself. I mean, this is this is a biblical. I mean, it's almost like a, a standard that God has: the least likely person, the least favored person, the least uh, capable, glamorous, glorious person is going to be the one that God uses. I mean, you go from. I, I just think of Jesse. And, and and Samuel, and it's like, well, we're going to anoint one of your boys the king, and Jesse brings all his sons in. Doesn't even bother bringing yeah. David into the house. And then he's like, nope, 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 nope. You got another one? He's like, well, there's just the the runt out there. And it's like, 
boom, there's your one. And it just happens again and again and again. God says, well, who is the least likely? And, um, you know, for those of us, despite my uh, apparent claims to being all that earlier <laughs> on, I, I mean, you and I both know, man, when we're all alone and when, when there's no one else around, we're completely aware of our failures and our shortcomings and our inadequacies. And yet God is almost not afraid of those things. He's almost seeking out people that aren't good enough without him because in our weakness, he's strong. And that's so encouraging to me. Absolutely. And, and I think that, you know, like clearly like God uses people who recognize their, their, their faults and their failures because God can't use us if we're all puffed up and arrogant. And we like, he can't use us if we think we've got it all together. He can't use us if, if we think we're good enough. Like he uses us when you say like, man, like I, I can't do this. Like, you know, Paul writes like, my, like his strength is made perfect in my weakness that like mm-hmm. that's that like humility. Like that's the one thing that we need in order to really be used by God is admitting that, I need, like, I'm not good enough, like, on my own. Like, I need God. Like, I need him. If, if I'm going to do the things that he's called me to do, I can't do those things on my own. Like, I could probably be an okay husband and an okay father on my own, but I can be sure. a much better husband and father, but I can't do the things for God's kingdom. Not that no. being a parent and being a husband aren't for God's kingdom. But, like, I can't do the things that he's, like, I can't pastor. I can't fill, I can't fill this role during quarantine under my own strength and power. Like I need to recognize that uh, I am, I, I'm not strong enough. I don't have enough anything in me yeah. to accomplish this. Yeah. You, I mean, you could, you could be a good pastor. You could be a good husband and father. You could ba- basically get through and fake it, but it'd be in the same way as the first two little piggies could build a house. Yeah. That's great, but it won't endure. Yeah. It won't stand. Uh, you know, the wise builder and the foolish builder, you know, look, the, the difference is what are you doing according to the word of God? Or are you doing it according to what just seems Right. Um, because we, 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 and that's what we have to understand. Like we can understand, I, I would, I would encourage someone we can, we spend so much time and effort and energy and resources building things for ourselves, building a world for ourselves. But unless it's done for God and by the power of his spirit in our weakness, in his strength, ultimately it's not going to last. I mean, yeah, you could be a good dad to your kids for your whole life, for their whole life, but being a godly dad is going to be, uh, make an impact for eternity. Yeah. And that's a huge difference because ultimately what is life in comparison to eternity? And, um, and, and God uses that for us. God changes that for us. Uh, I, I mentioned Superman returns earlier on, um, Brandon Routh was a fine Superman. There was nothing wrong with him, but nobody thinks of Brandon Routh when they think of Superman. They think of Christopher Reeve because there was something more impactful, more timeless. Mm-hmm. Christopher Reeve, to many, will always be Superman. Yeah. He'll be the standard by which it's all held up. In this, and I know that's a crude analogy, so forgive that. But I don't want the things that I've done that are good to be what I'm remembered for. I want the things that I do for Christ to be remembered. I want those to be the standard because, again, I can get away with doing stuff in my own strength and my own talent, but boy, mm-hmm. how much more if I if I just yield it and turn it over to God? Yeah. So, anything else? What would you want to encourage? Uh, what would you want to share with someone that's that was listening today I, about this I passage think of that, scripture? <clears throat> I think kind of like what you said that you know I think for all everything I've said about like you know doubting myself, like I don't lack confidence. I mean, clearly. I record myself <laughs> twice a week for a half hour and expect that people will listen and they do, you know, so I don't and send you money yeah, and send me money. Like, so yeah, so I don't at patreon.com slash the Christian nerd. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so I, so I don't, so yeah, so I don't lack confidence. I am 
you know, I, I'm secure in myself as a human. I've got my wife and my kids and my family. So I don't like, I'm confident, like I'm smart. I know how to do stuff. Um, but I know a lot of people out there, you know, just based on, you know, how they were raised or how their brains function and all that, like that, they, they don't have a lot, they don't have as much confidence and they don't, they don't have their voice. They don't think that they have a difference to make. And I don't know if that's cause I'm a relatively white upper middle-class man that I feel like I've got my voice and I'm going to share it. But I know there's lots of people who don't feel like that, but that's not the case. Like you, you have a voice, you like, it doesn't matter how you feel about yourself. Like God wants to use you. It may not be to, to pastor a church that, that may not be your gifting, but don't ever think that, well, because I can't do what Tony Talavera does and I can't make an impact for God's kingdom. Like, Oh my goodness. Are you serious? Like the, 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 well, my impact is so minimal. Like, like yeah. people should be do like, do like there's so many people that are, that are quieter. Exactly. There's so many people that are less like more nondescript or, or under the radar yeah. uh, that, that do so much more. The people that just, that just pray, the people that walk out exactly. in faith, the, 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 the quiet people that just exercise care and compassion. Ah, oh, change so many more lives. Yeah. Than but me people don't think about, about that because you've got your week. big booming professional voiceover vo- voice, and be like, "Oh, that's that's it. That's how I make an impact for God's kingdom." Like, no, that's not. That's how God has called Tony specifically to make an impact for God's kingdom. But who yeah, knows? And, how and God- even most of the time, I'm just the man behind the curtain, like the like the Wizard of Oz. Just please pay no attention. Yeah. So that that'd be my encouragement. That you know, how your impact for God's kingdom doesn't have to look like. All these is that like Andy Stanley or Craig Groeschel or any you know Beth Moore? It doesn't have to look like that. It can just be the thing that God's called you to. So step into that, embrace that, live it out. Trust that God will use everything in your life to help you do the calling to which He's called you. Like God's not yeah. going to give you somebody else's calling, like hey, figure it out. God's going to look at how your whole life has been, how He's wired you, how He's created you, every experience that you had, and it's like, yeah, yes, like I, you're the person I've been looking for. This is the thing that I needed somebody to do, and because of your life, because of where you're at, you're the person who can do it, and only you can do it, and that that's exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. amen, amen. Well, be encouraged and just know that even though you know how uh, poor a choice that you might be for the thing that God's calling you to, you're the one he's called and he does not make mistakes. You are not the Jared Leto Joker. You are not the Jesse Eisenberg Lex Luthor. You are not the Sophie Turner Jean Grey. You are perfectly cast. You are the Robert Downey Jr. Tony Stark. You are the Hugh Jackman Wolverine. You are the perfect cast for the role that God wants you to play. You are the Ryan Reynolds Deadpool, by golly. I said it. <laughs> that is perfect casting. Yeah, it really is. So uh, embrace your role. Do what the director says and play that thing out because uh, because your story is going to make a huge impact because ultimately your story is part of his story. And that's all I have to say about that, Jenny. 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 So, Scotty, if, uh, if there's nothing else, where can people find you to keep this conversation going on the Internet? Please go to thechristiannerd.com. That's a great place to start. Or just follow me, <clears throat> excuse me, on Twitter at Scott Higa or at Christian underscore nerd. And don't get that backwards. If you look for Scott underscore Higa, you're going to end up on a very unsavory yes, page. Yes, don't go there. What about you, Tony? How can people <laughs> connect with you on the internets? Well, I'm so glad that you asked. You can find all of our fun Nerd of Godcast content across the social medias at Nerd of Godcast or nerdofgodcast.com, our scarcely updated blog. Uh, or you can find me. I like to hang out on Twitter at It's Me, Tony T. 
Well, I guess that brings us to the end of our madcap misadventures today. Goodbye, Scott. Goodbye, Tony. Goodbye, Internet. We love you. 3,000.